609 on the morning news. Wearing face masks in public can reduce the prevalence of COVID-19 by reducing the spread of respiratory droplets. An analysis of mortality rates in 169 countries indicates that wearing face masks may also save lives. With all the details, we're joined by Professor of Clinical Ophthalmology at the Bascom Palmer Eye Institute, uh, part of the University of Miami Miller School of Medicine, Craig McEwen. Good morning to you, Craig. Good morning. Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, you are in Miami and here in Canada, we have the option to wear masks for the most part. When they're mandatory, we put them on. But I think there's a, you know, a level of comfortability for those who want to wear them. Uh, But now we're hearing, according to research and according to what you're about to tell us, that uh, we're better to wear them when it comes to our safety, isn't it? I certainly think that's true, yes. Okay. So how so? I mean, we heard before that, you know, we have to worry about these droplets that can be airborne. How serious is it uh, as far as uh, keeping us safe? This virus is turning out to be extremely contagious, much of it probably through aerosol. And what we looked at was a change in mortality rate around the world with pooled data that came from a central source, but each comes from the individual countries. And there was a flattening of the curve when masks were being worn. Uh, One of our co-authors was Canadian, in fact, from the University of Toronto. And um, the point of all of this is two types of masks. One type will shield others from your droplets. And then the N95 type mask actually shields you some from the droplets from other people. So at work, I will typically in the hospital wear an N95 mask, but on the street, I always wear a standard surgical mask, which if I sneeze, cough, or even talk, will reduce the number of droplets dispersed to my friends and neighbors. So it's to protect protect others with that type of mask. And that's very important in stemming this pandemic. And yet, Craig, I mean, you know, masks are not mandatory in most countries. And now we're hearing in some places, you know, they're trying to uh, decrease the, the the amount of space between people from two meters to one and a yes. half to one meters in, in some cases. So this will be interesting. As you can tell from the news, we are all learning as we go. Mm-hmm. What we think one week is different the next week. So as we do this and as gatherings become closer and closer, we may very well find that the, there's a spike in the number of cases, and I'm afraid that's probably what will happen, but no one really knows until they do it. Uh, mandatory masks are prevalent in some countries and seem to have a very positive effect. If it were up to me and my family, we all wear our mask at all times, but not everyone around us does, which for the protection of me, I wish they would, and my family, and of my friends. Craig, it's interesting because I think that I can say, speak for all of us, that we never thought we'd know so much about masks uh, as we've learned in the past few months. And we know there's several different types. The cloth ones that uh, just strap over the face. We've heard about that N95. So many different variations. So within this research, is there a type of mask that you focused on? Well, there's not a brand. The masks that we were used were most likely not N95. So typically the N95 will be used perhaps in industrial work, but then in hospital work, it's used in contaminated areas. It has a better seal around the mouth, the mouth and nose, so there's almost there should be no leakage. And it filters particles as small as 0.03 microns. Interesting, the virus is smaller than that. But the virus travels in droplets, so the droplets are probably bigger than that threshold. And therefore, again, it should and it has been shown to reduce droplets that are aerosolized. 
And there's some notable graphs for people that are interested online where you can see what happens when you sneeze, when you talk, when you cough, um, in terms of the dispersal of these droplets. And they may go out about six meters. So the spacing is a, a big question. Craig, and that's impractical at six meters. Yeah. Most things. Curious about, I mean, we know obviously the mouth, the nose, that's where the virus is getting mm-hmm. in. As an ophthalmologist, what about the eyes? Is there any concern there? There is, and uh, many of my colleagues and myself included will wear a face mask as well in a hospital setting. I don't do it out in the streets, although I do see a few people on the streets. Has, has there been much research in, in that field yet? Not as much, no, except that the original doctor in China who died was an ophthalmologist, and there was some thought that it could have been respiratory, but also the surface of the eye may be a route by which we can catch this disease. Mm. So the cautious people will wear face masks. I always have glasses on at least. Are some people shocked that an ophthalmologist is behind research like this? I know we, we've talked on this program yeah. early on about the transmission, but are people <laughs> shocked when you mention what you've been doing? Yes. Well, let me tell you about the co-authors. The co-authors are superb epidemiologists, and it turns out that two of us happen to be also pediatric ophthalmologists. Uh, my role has really been just to provide clinical advice. The real skill is from Dr. Ng from the University of Toronto, Dr. Pratt, Dr. Leffler, the lead author, and Dr. Grabowski uh, from Poland. Um, and I'm sort of riding along telling them some things with clinical correlation, but these are the guys that really looked at the math carefully and on a daily basis watched the worldwide occurrence of this disorder, this disorder, which by country. And so it wasn't mortality by country. What we did is mortality by population, which is probably more relevant. So a thousand cases in the United States versus a thousand cases in Canada would be quite different in terms of the individual uh, risk. Craig, I can tell you for sure there's at least one of our texters sitting at home just ready and waiting to say, you people are just fear-mongering. You need to stop this. Thoughts on that? (laughs) Well, I would disagree, but uh, that's what we're here for. We disagree. And the Canadians would do it quite politely, I suspect. Not everyone else would. (laughs) Sometimes, yes. (laughs) But obviously from your research, you're finding that it is something we still need to be concerned about. Oh, we think so, and we live by what we've studied. Um, Whether the governments have mandates to do this, and this is a much more complex political question, but certainly from a public health standpoint, I think there will be general agreement among experts, and I point to our own Dr. Fauci here in the United States, that um, mask wearing is a wise thing to do, and particularly now because it seems like as we relax, we're seeing, certainly in South Florida, we're experiencing now a spike in cases. So how frustrated is it that you have this information with you um, that you know and you would do this for your family, but uh, the protocols aren't being uh, put into place not only in your state but nationwide? Yeah, they're not strict protocols. So I'll occasionally say something on the elevator, or I'll just get off the elevator if someone's on there with, without a mask. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very personal and hot item, and you know how much is the government able to enforce this? Well, some governments enforce it very strictly with mandated jail time and or fines. Your government and my government do not do that. It's funny, Americans are just so different from Canadians in terms of, you know, these are our rights and freedoms, you can't make us, so we're not wearing a mask. And that's kind of what we see it in, in most states, too. Yes, and if you get on the Johns Hopkins University, it's coronavirus, J-H-U, edu with a dot between them or just do johns hopkins coronavirus you will see worldwide maps of red dots where the coronavirus is i was just looking at it about 10 minutes ago canada is pretty sparse uh the united states is pretty confluent there may be something uh, to be learned there excellent well thank you so much uh, for uh, sharing your uh, study with us craig 
Very happy to do that. Thank you. It's nice yeah. to be in Canada. Good to, uh, good to have you. That is uh, Craig McEwen, Professor of Clinical Ophthalmology at the Bascom Palmer Eye Institute International uh, Analysis uh, that he's done here. We appreciated his time. It is 617. Time for helicopter traffic for West District by Truman. Main streets highlight 20-foot sidewalks and integrated bike paths.